The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. This podcast is sponsored by Fiverr.com. Fiverr is a marketplace for creative and digital freelance services. And in fact, I use Fiverr for quite a lot of the things that we do here at Cognolytica and AI Today, including the editing of this podcast, the generation of transcripts, and more. I definitely encourage you to take a look at using Fiverr for your creative and digital needs today. And I have a special offer for you today. Use the promo code AI Today for 15% off your first purchase on Fiverr.com. Offer valid until December 31st, 2018. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. E-commerce has fundamentally changed the nature of retail. Not that long ago, if you wanted to buy anything, you had to get in a car or walk down the street and visit a physical brick-and-mortar shop, look through whatever inventory they had in stock, purchase your items, and then take it back to your home or office. If you didn't like that approach, you could get a mail order catalog, scan through the items, call their order line during their hours of operation, pay over the phone, and then wait for it to be shipped to you. But then the internet came and changed everything. The internet and the world of e-commerce that was created, and then mobile, has made it such that you can now go from wanting an item to having it in a matter of hours without ever stepping foot outside your home or office, don't even have to put on pants, and you can also have access to a much larger selection of goods. But this isn't the end of the evolution of e-commerce. The pervasiveness of chatbots and voice assistants, such as Alexa, Google Home, Siri, and the like, are making it so that ordering something is now just a matter of uttering a phrase like, reorder toilet paper. And it's possible to go from urgent situation to problem resolved within an hour of uttering that phrase. Many companies have taken notice and are building bots to help customers make better decisions when there are complex choices among products or to have an ongoing engagement with customers before, during, and after their purchase. This can lead to greater satisfaction with an e-commerce company or product vendor and increased sales through upselling and cross-selling. We at Cognolytica are calling this category of AI, bots, and voice e-commerce, assistant-enabled commerce. So first, why do we want our assistants involved in our commerce at all? It depends on the context and the nature of the products we're buying. Some items we buy on a regular basis and buy consistent brands, such as the aforementioned toilet paper or office supplies or certain groceries. Some items we buy for everyday use but don't buy on a regular basis, such as clothing, furniture, or electronics. Yet other things we buy on special occasions, such as travel and smaller luxury items. Some things we buy for ourselves and other things we buy as gifts for others. And sometimes we have just a few in a lifetime purchases, such as houses, cars, and some of the bigger luxury items. In each of these scenarios, chatbots and intelligent assistants offer different sorts of value. 
So first, it can simplify and expedite frequent small purchases. So the goal here is to put the impulse in impulse shopping. If you really need a product, you need it right away, there's really very little value in using a website or a mobile app to make those purchases. As a matter of fact, websites and mobile apps will get in the way and slow things down. Even mobile shopping adds little value for frequent uh, small repeat purchases like need more telepaper. And you know, Amazon realized this really quickly even before their foray into artificial intelligence with the Amazon Dash button. If you recall, they had this button, you can push it and get more tied, you know, and it'll be delivered to you if you had Amazon Prime within an hour. So um, they realized that the, the, the web and, and the mobile apps just didn't provide value there. The second place that uh, these automated intelligent assistants can provide value is by providing guidance when there are many similar choices. The, the thing about the web and mobile apps is they just provide too much information. If you're looking online for something that's complicated, has a lot of uh, different alternatives, has a lot of different details, um, the web and mobile app just provide a lot of, of challenges. So a smart bot can help you narrow down your choices by asking you a bunch of questions and interacting with you, finding out what's more important to you, finding out which things care about, do you care more about the cost or other items, and then narrow it down and give you present to you uh, the remaining choices. And another way that these bots can provide value is by providing 24-7 always available sales and sales support. Now, obviously, the web and mobile also provides 24-7 access, but there are certain things, especially with these complicated purchases, where you would have to call during business hours. You know, For example, auto insurance or some of the other more complicated things. And I recently had this example with, with Verizon Fios, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. Um, uh, these bots can also provide guidance when giving gifts to others. Uh, a lot of the challenges, with, with especially with web-based commerce, is that the profiling systems are based on the profile of the user, but not necessarily the profile of the person you're buying the gift for. So chatbots can identify who the gift is for and, and not use your profile, but rather uh, the profile of the person you gift to. As I mentioned earlier, it can help you work through many steps in a complicated transaction. So if just clicking buy now is not the only thing you need to do, if you need to schedule an appointment for a for an installation, if you need to get different kinds of routers, if you have different kinds of packages available. For example, with Verizon Fios, you have to choose what kind of television package you want, an entertainment package, and it all depends on which channels you want to watch. So uh, the website d- did not do a great job. So when I was doing this, I decided, hey, I'm just going to talk to the chatbot, told the chatbot what I wanted. Boom. I had my specific configuration. I told the chatbot I wanted a specific price that I saw on the website. It wasn't giving it to me. Boom. A couple minutes later, it gave me that price. It was great. I just could have a conversation rather than paging through a website. We've all had the interaction like you have no idea what page it's on, what open button to click. There's too much information on the screen. It just having sometimes having a conversation really simplifies the purchase. And the final th- reason why a bot is useful is because it can provide a connection with the buyers to gauge the support and the satisfaction, the potential ability to cross and upsell. One of the problems with websites and mobile apps is that they're pull only. You only go to them when you need to buy something. But a smart assistant can do both push and pull. They can reach out to you uh, maybe later on during the transaction to find out uh, what you're interested in and have this longer-term engagement with the customer. So these are great examples of use cases for assistant-enabled commerce. But there are two different ways to engage with assistant-enabled commerce. The first is voice assistants, and the second is chatbots. And while we categorize both as assistant-enabled commerce, we do want to point out that each provide different benefits, capabilities, and use cases. Examples of voice assistants include Alexa, Siri, Google Home, and Cortana. 
These are devices that you speak to in natural language. The interaction is one of, hey, device, please get me this. Voice devices are really useful for the frequent repeat purchases. This is because you can simply say, hey, device, get me more toilet paper. And it will know what to buy, how much to buy, where to buy it from, where to deliver it, and how to pay for it. You can literally skip almost every step in a typical online commerce transaction because once the device knows your indication to purchase a product, everything else is saved based on the profile of the speaker. But once product purchases become more complicated, interacting with a voice assistant becomes more challenging. Since the only mode of interaction is voice, it becomes harder to use this form of assistant for choosing among multiple, very similar products. Complicated transactions can be facilitated with voice assistants as long as they don't require you to view information online. And this may be part of the reason why Amazon puts a screen on the Alexa show. Then you need to stop using the voice-only method of interaction. Also, the bigger issue for voice assistants, at least as of 2017 when we're recording this podcast, is that voice assistants don't authenticate the user. This means anyone who is speaking to the device can order a de- can order a product and the device will automatically ship and bill whoever is configured for the device. Remember the problem of kids racking up thousands of dollars of in-app purchases when they got a hold of their parents' phone? Look forward to the problem of your kids now saying, buy more toys and Alexa gladly satisfying their desires. It's time for some authentication control, perhaps. What we're hearing is that Google Home and Alexa are both working on and looking into voice controls. So we'll keep an eye on this and see how it progresses. Also, voice assistants are good at pull type commerce transactions, where you have to tell the device what you're looking for. But they can't really do push type transactions where they wake up suddenly and ask you if you like the shoes that you bought last year and if you need a new pair. If these voiced assistants started doing that at any hour of the day or night, we might end up telling our chatty little bots to be quiet, or we might potentially stop using them. The second type of assistant-enabled commerce is chatbots, and it might be that for the larger scope of what we want our assistants to do, text mode chatbots are the way to go. And there are a variety of ways we can interact with chatbots. Some bots are already enabled in various web and mobile e-com platforms. Some chatbots are SMS text messaging based. We're seeing more bots in messaging platforms as well, like Facebook, Messenger, Google Hangout, Slack, Kick, Skype, and others. Text-based chatbots can serve both push and pull form of interactions, taking one-time requests for a product, but can also get back to the user days, weeks, or even years after the fact by sending messages via the platforms above. These bots can be silenced on either a per-product basis, you can say stop talking to me about my shoes or text stop, or on a forever basis with a wide range of opt-out approaches. Chatbots can also pull off the push-pull marketing in less invasive ways. All right. So 
now that we know, now that we know we have some things to consider about when we use specific kinds of assistance in our commerce, but it's important to figure out when to use them. Um, as is commonly known in, in e-commerce circles, there are five steps to any commerce transaction. There's the awareness step in which the customer is aware that they have a need or you make the customer aware that they have a need. There's the research step where the customer looks now for the various options they have to fill that need. There's the alternative evaluation step where uh, the, the, the customer considers the various different options they have within their budget and whatever other qualifications they might have. Then there's that conversion step where you turn that desire into fulfillment and all the steps you have from in indication of interest to purchase or giving product to the delivery of the product uh, is in this conversion step. And then you have the, the final step, which is identifying any remaining gaps or needs that can be fulfilled with additional products. That's called the so-called post-purchase evaluation or the repurchase phase. So for all these things, uh, the assistant-enabled commerce solution can help. And in the first and second steps, we run into some unique problems with intelligent assistance. On the web, a user has a very wide range of options to choose from with regards to the various products they might need, and all the various suppliers are happy to sell them those products. But on a voice or a chat assistant, you don't have the ability to page through a bunch of search results. Who will have the patient for a bot to rattle off 100 different options? No, instead, if you say, hey, bot, book me a trip to Cancun, or I want a purse, it'll have some small number of e-commerce partners or vendors that it'll search through, and perhaps an equally small list of options that it'll present. And here's where things get dicey. Do you think Amazon's Alexa device will present any options from Walmart? Um, do you think that Google Home will use Expedia or Travelocity or Kayak for its travel results? Or will Google now be in the travel booking business? Or will they have a preferred partner of one of the three that you may or may not even want to work with? The bot is now the arbiter or the decision maker on vendor selection. So this is not a big issue if you're interacting directly with the brand you want to purchase your product from. For example, Alexa products on an sorry Amazon products on an Amazon device, or a coach chatbot operated by Coach. But do you want to have separate Alexa skills for every vendor, or have 20 chats going on simultaneously with a bunch of bots just to make a product decision? This is especially important with more complicated or expensive products, and this is an area where product vendors will really have to worry about. Bots like Alexa are starting to disintermediate search engines and e-commerce portals. Vendors will have a first-mover advantage by getting users to install skills on their Alexa devices or into their Slack chat so that when a customer says, buy flowers, the bot, for example, can order flowers from 1-800-Flowers and not one of the competitors. When 1-800-Flowers gets Alexa users and chatbot users to use their skills, not only will they have enabled commerce on those devices and assistants, but they will have also blocked their competition. Um, once the 1-800-Flowers Alexa skill is installed, for example, no other competitor can access uh, the buy flower skill. That means that bots who own the user experience will be able to impose more control over the vendors on their platform than even mobile platforms can do with their app stores until we figure out how to increase the number of options available to customers. So basically, be aware that chatbots have limitation to mostly the later parts of the buying transaction and has some issues with, with uh, issues around product search and options. One of the interesting things about assistant-enabled commerce is that it's the one bit of AI that's completely available, ready, and easily implementable today. 
You have a very wide choice of bot technology and platforms to use, and you can go from bot concept to bot implementation in a very short amount of time. This part of artificial intelligence is actually delivering on its promise. The bigger challenge is making sure you set expectations with both customers and your staff on what the bots can and cannot do. Chris McCann, the president and CEO of 1-800-Flowers, realized that you need to make it clear and obvious to the user that they are interacting with the bot. He puts it this way, quote, There are certain interactions where humans jump in to help out if necessary, which really confused people. We needed to make sure we had a clear delineation for users in the bot that they are going to be 100% interacting with the bot. They want to know that, end quote. This means making it clear to users that most importantly, you're interacting with a bot and not a human. Make it clear what the bots can and can't do, and also perhaps what should, what would need to be done during work hours with a real physical human being. In some ways, this limits the power of chatbots to the 80-90% of transactions that are pretty much presenting options and taking orders. But that 80 to 90% of transactions might currently represent the bulk of the time that your real life human operated call centers and online support group is doing. By relegating these sorts of interactions to automated bots, the humans can spend their time on the remaining 10 to 20% of transactions that require a human touch. They might be more complicated, more complex. In this way, the very tangible ROI of implementing intelligent assistance in commerce is to reduce the cost of human support and call centers. And indeed, with every technological innovation in commerce, we're seeing smaller and smaller number of people needed to help make the support, to help make and support the sale of products and services. So, given the sort of things we discussed above that assistant-enabled commerce is good at, do you really want your assistant-enabled commerce bot to pass the Turing test or win the Libner Prize? We talked about this in that uh, podcast on weak and, and strong AI. We discussed this also in our chatbots podcast uh, just, just recently. Are we aiming for a super smart artificial general intelligence, the type we discussed in our weak versus strong AI podcast? Even though we acknowledge there's no hard line between weak and strong, and we don't even want to use that term, it's fairly evident that we don't want our chatbots to talk about anything and everything. In fact, many attempts to implement such general chatty bots in the wild resulted in some really bad outcomes. Remember, Tay? So as such, for this particular example, the intelligent assistants we are looking for need to only be smart enough. They need to know about all the products and their details and the specifications to help customers make a purchase. And they need to know enough to have a natural language conversation with those customers. But they don't really need to know about the weather or people's feelings or just general conversations. These are all business chatbots. Talk to the bot about the product only, please, and save your general conversations for the other bots. In fact, it is better for humans to know that they're talking to 
non-human bots so that their expectations are set accordingly. This way, the assistants will help to increase user satisfaction, generate more sales through 24-7 availability, help customers make complicated purchase decisions, and follow up at a later time to make sure the customer is happy and perhaps sell some more products. This is really what assistant-enabled commerce is all about. So first, for our enterprise users, implementing assistant-enabled commerce today is very practical and has a real ROI. You just need to acknowledge the limitations of what different kinds of chatbots are good for or not, as we talked about above. Already, we're seeing widespread adoption of intelligent assistance in commerce, ranging from retail to insurance to automotive, business to consumer, business to business, and more every day. For our vendor listeners, the differences between voice and text chatbots are still very significant, and the problems with using either sort of bot in the earlier stages of the customer purchase are still problematic. We encourage you to find better ways to give bot users a larger set of choices without drowning them in text or voice and implement authentication as soon as realistically possible. All right, listeners, as always, we'll put any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Yes. So we know this has been a sort of a deep, long conversation here that we've had on assistant-enabled commerce, but we believe this is good timing for it. So we really thank you for joining us on this podcast and we'll catch you at the next one. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group. And make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also, subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2017 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.